0: Know Your Food with Warty, episode 105. For links and more, visit the show notes at knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash 105. Hey everyone, welcome to Know Your Food with Warty. I'm Warty in Southwest Oregon, a traditional food blogger at gnaufglins.com and knowyourfoodpodcast.com. I'm glad you're here. This is the podcast where we're all about ditching those poisonous processed foods, breaking free from the conventional food paradigm, and instead embracing whole foods raised, saved, and prepared with traditional methods. It's fun, it's delicious, and it's healthy. You're on your way to looking good, feeling good, and most importantly, doing good. Hello and welcome everyone. We're gonna start with the tip of the week. This is something that came in very handy in our household in the last week or so. My husband um, went down with the same illness that hit the rest of us last month. And part of that illness was a really, really sore throat. And he tried everything. We tried everything. We went through steams and neti pot and honey, coconut oil. Well, what really worked over and over again to keep that itchiness at bay and even relief for several hours was gargling. So simple. You wouldn't even think this works on a sore throat, but it does. And here's how you do it. You take a cup of water and you put like a swallowful, uh, just a swallowful of um, not cold, not hot, but just comfortably warm water. And you can add, um, you know, you could do salt. We also did essential oils. So a couple drops of peppermint, You could do tea tree, lemon, or if you have a, um, a blend that is for illness, you could do that. And then you put, you put it in, you swallow, well, you put it in your mouth, you don't swallow, but you, you hold your head up so it gets as far back in the throat as possible and you gargle as long as you can really. I mean, you're aiming for minutes rather than seconds and then, um, you can spit it out. Um, I think you could swallow it too. But anyway, it really works. So that is the tip of the week. If you have any suggestions about gargling or more information, feel free to leave a comment at the show notes, know your podcast.com slash one oh five. No matter what though, next time you've got a sore throat, try it. It works. And we don't have a listener question today because we're a little um well, the queue is empty. I hate to admit it. Um so get your questions in. Go to knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash questions. You can either uh, send us a voicemail. You can send us an email. Um, many ways to submit your questions. So get them in because I look forward to answering them every week, and I need more. Let's take a quick break, and I'll be right back. Hi, I'm Wardy, a traditional cooking expert and food blogger at gnaufglins.com. For years, my family struggled with food-related health problems, but we don't anymore, and I'd love to show you that preparing whole foods with traditional methods is easy, delicious, and super good for you, too. So just go to traditionalcookingschool.com free, and I'll show you how easily you can do it, too. I'll give you five free videos that include my favorite traditional cooking techniques, plus printable at-a-glance fact sheets as a handy reference. So, if you're ready to start looking good, feeling good, and most importantly, doing good, then visit traditionalcookingschool.com slash free today. Well, if you love gardening, or if you have a strong interest in gardening, you're going to love today's guest. Coming up soon here is Holly Baird. She and her husband, Joey, are the Wisconsin Vegetable Gardener, and their site is, unsurprisingly, thewisconsinvegetablegardener.com. They are a married couple living in southeastern Wisconsin, just outside of Milwaukee. They make videos on YouTube about how to grow your own food organically, reusing found items, items you might just throw away, uh, what to do with the food you grow, like home canning, Holly's a big fan of home canning and just simple home living. So they have a lot of information to share. And when I found out about them, I was so excited to invite um, them to be a guest. And so today, Holly is joining me and she's talking about how she and Joey got started. You know, they didn't know each other their whole lives, but they each had this history of gardening in their families, completely different. And then when they met, they have this shared love of gardening. even though they both work outside the home, and Holly is a full-time student, they bring the camera with them to their gardening times, and they document what they're doing so they can share it with others, and they are full of tips. As you'll hear today, I asked Holly for some tips about different things, and she's got a lot of wisdom, so you're going to learn a lot about um vegetable gardening organic vegetable gardening so um, be sure to check them out the wisconsinvegetablegardener.com you'll also find links to their site and social media and some embedded videos at the show notes com slash 105 and now i'm going to turn to my interview with holly enjoy hi everyone this is wardy and i'm here with holly baird hi holly hi So glad you could join us. Now, I want to start out just by um, everyone getting to
1: know you and Joey. So tell us about you. Sure. Thank you for having me on. Um, My husband, Joey, and I, we we live in Wisconsin. And what we do is, um, in addition to our jobs, and I'm a student, is we create YouTube videos, and they're high-quality, high-definition, beautifully edited YouTube videos about how to grow food organically, what to do with the food you grow, how to extend your harvest, and just some healthy living things, and also some eco-friendly tips, things to do with things you already have.
0: Great. So um, I watched your documentary about how you and Joey got started, and I thought it was so cool how you shared about your um, experiences when you were young, both of you, independently having um, just experiences when you were young with gardening and developing a love. So can you just tell us about your upbringing and speak for Joey and tell us his story as well?
1: Sure, sure, I grew up in the city and we grew up on a, um, just a, you know, the houses were close together, our backyards were small. So we had a small four by four plot for, for growing. Um, we grew, a, that's where we dug up to grow vegetables. And then we also always had a compost pile as well behind our garage. So that's what we grew on was just about four by four. And when we grew, we just put the seeds in the ground around Memorial Day weekend. And then we just let it do its thing throughout the summer. Um, Joey, on the other hand, he grew up on a thousand acre farm. It was a grain and cattle farm down in uh, southern Illinois. And he's the one who actually taught me about how to start seeds and um, the importance of starting seeds as opposed to just, you know, Mm -hmm. putting him in the ground and hoping for the best. So, so that's kind of different things we learned from each other. I've learned him some things about growing in Wisconsin, now that we um, are both in Wisconsin. Um, I've also taught him some things about, you know, urban setting versus a rural setting. So, um, so yeah, so we're kind of on two different ends of the spectrum there.
0: Yeah, but it's you're complementary and often the best partnerships are born from complementary experiences, right? opposite and complementary. So I'm curious in your little four by four plot, what seeds did you put in and how did it work out mostly?
1: We always put in tomatoes, cucumbers, green peppers, zucchini, and sweet peas.
0: All in a four by four. Yep. (laughs) And so what what came out?
1: Well, we always got zucchini. It's pretty much foolproof to grow zucchini in the Midwest. Um, so we always got zucchini, we always got tomatoes and cucumbers were kind of hit or miss and the peppers, depending on, on the summer, were kind of hit or miss as well.
0: Hmm. So would you say that that experience made you love gardening or was it, did it just wet your appetite or did it turn you off?
1: It made me appreciate it more. Um, I think it, 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 my, both of my parents are pretty eco-friendly, pretty connected to nature. So, um, it's something that we you know, it, it kind of added to my appreciation for mm-hmm. being connected with with nature and the environment.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and so you and Joey, um, tell us how you met and how you developed this mutual love and grow and growth in organic gardening.
1: Yeah, sure. So I had I had taken a job transfer, and he where he's from is not too far away from the St. Louis area. It's uh, about an hour and a half away and that's how I met him I met him when I was living down there and um he at the time he was he lived on his grandparents land in this little one one room basically a tiny home which is now was known as a tiny home but it wasn't you know many a few years ago that wasn't a trend but what is now a tiny home is what he lived in mm-hmm. and he had his own little garden it wasn't a little garden it was probably. About a thousand square feet that he had outside of his little place there, and so he would bring me you know all sorts of stuff that he was growing hmm. and tomatoes and stuff and then when we had moved we st- we had some containers that we had you know started together, so it was kind of something that we just both enjoyed together um as a couple
0: that's so neat, so sweet well um let me let's take a different direction um. And this could be, I don't know, let's make it during the time that you and Joey have been gardening together. So have you had a real challenge in gardening, like something that was just mind-boggling or really difficult or a huge loss, crop loss or something like that? Just tell us what the problem was and how did you handle it? What was the outcome if there
1: was a positive one? Sure. Um, Well, we've, you know, we've faced many different pests and diseases just like any other gardener has you you know you're always you ha- you always deal with adversity as a gardener and you're always going to deal with things and as you deal with them you be, you, you gain more knowledge mm-hmm. and it's a constant growing and learning experience and what we had a problem recently this past summer with the tomato hornworm and what the tomato hornworm does is it eats your tomatoes and just your tomatoes, and it does it at nighttime when you're, and it actually basically at dusk and dawn, and it looks like a little green caterpillar, and it, um, you know, if you've had it, because it, it'll eat around the tomatoes, and then it'll, you'll get little black droppings on the tomatoes, and it'll clear out a whole plant overnight, hmm. and we had planted over, I think it was around 50 tomato plants, and we lost them all within about a week. Wow. So it was, yeah, it was very frustrating, and. Um, and if you have chickens, I guess your chickens can find them. Um, some people say there's different things you can do. We sprayed something called BT on our plants, which is supposed to help. But this was, of course, going on when it was really rainy out too, so it was like, you know, we could only spray so much on. And um, and BT is organic; it's an organic thing to spray. But but still, it wasn't it wasn't helping. And so what what we discovered though is that since this the hornworm turns into a moth it's a larvae of a moth. So during the fall, those moths will lay their eggs into the soil. So if you turn your soil over in the fall, um, it will help disturb those nests or the egg nests and the same thing in the spring. So you'd have, you have to do it twice. And then also, if you move your tomatoes from where they were the previous year, then that should prevent it as well. Mm -hmm. So this was last year and you lost your whole crop of tomatoes? Pretty much. Now, yeah, but we do garden in two different places. So we did have a, a, another bed where we had some tomatoes and we were able to get some. hmm.
0: So tell us about this gardening in two places. Um, why are you doing that and how does it work?
1: Sure. So we um, we don't own our home where we live. Um, so our um, the caretaker of the land here was kind enough to let us have a small it's about 200 square feet area to grow. Uh, but before that, my mom, she has kind of a large backyard now. She doesn't live in uh, where, where I grew up anymore. And so she said, if you guys want to tear up my backyard, go ahead. Hmm. So we have about 1,800 square feet back there as well. Oh, that's so fantastic. We have the, yeah, yeah.
0: And do you garden for yourselves, or do you participate in farmers markets, or
1: what? Just for ourselves, and then we do a lot of canning, and then we give some to my mom. And then we also... We were giving some to my sister and her family, but then we helped set up a garden for her so that they could have their own garden.
0: That's fantastic. Isn't that wonderful when that happens? You're doing something so wonderful and people say, I want to do that too. (laughs) Right. Well, that's wonderful. So tell us about canning then, because I saw in your movie that you, um, is it about five years ago, you got into canning. So tell us about that journey, how it started, what inspired you and kind of some highlights of it.
1: Sure, sure. Um, well, I actually never really had much of an interest in canning. <laughs> I thought to myself, "That's what country people do." So, <laughs> <laughs> and you were a city girl. <laughs> yeah. So, and it's not that I was totally closed off to it, but I just thought I would never. I never thought I would see myself doing that. So we had one summer. We just had an way over abundance of tomatoes and cucumbers, and um, just so many, and it was and. It, this you know does happen and so joey said well you're gonna you're gonna can and i'm like i don't know how to do that and he's like well i'm gonna teach you how and i was like okay he's like it's not that hard so i did uh, me being myself i do like to to do a little bit of research on things and i learned that canning is a science so it's very important to follow directions and rules and and everything and um i remember i went online and i bought myself a book so that i would you know be able to read the book before i started canning and Um, Yeah, so he taught me. And then after that, after that, I had canned for that season, I had, you know, some troubleshooting problems, like Mm -hmm. my jam wouldn't set, um, just things like that. So I ended up taking a class through the local rec department, um, a couple canning classes. I took one about jam. I took um, I took one about lacto fermentation, which is kind of a different thing. And then um, I just took a couple different ones just for for fun to learn new things. And uh, so, yeah, so that's kind of how I got into canning. That's neat. Yeah.
0: Okay, let's talk about um, your favorite part of gardening or your favorite, yeah, your favorite part of gardening. What really excites you?
1: For me, it's, um, I really like tomatoes. So up here, we start to get to see the tomatoes usually in about August. Mm -hmm. And then to me, that's, that's a fun month because you really start to get a good harvest of most things then you can start thinking about doing the canning. So it's kind of where everything comes together. I also like it in the spring when we get the chance to first get into the garden start start planting stuff, and you get to smell the earth and the dirt, and it's so fresh from over the winter. Mm-hmm. I love that too.
0: Do you have any tips, since you love tomatoes so much, do you have any tips for our listeners on growing great tomatoes?
1: I would definitely say don't put them in the ground too soon. A lot of people want to get ahead of their neighbors and put them in the ground, but you have to be patient with tomatoes. So you have to make sure you're away from any sort of frost. At this point, you want to make sure you're outside of the frost dates. You want to make sure that, because tomatoes are technically a tropical plant. So they're not tropical, but they are warm weather plant. Yeah. So you want to make sure that you're not going to shock them with the mm-hmm. frost. So you want to make sure you give yourself, you know, just because your neighbor's putting your putting their tomatoes in, make sure you're sure that that's what you want to do so that's one big thing you don't want to rush them um another thing is is try different varieties there's many different varieties of tomatoes you can grow so you know try something new see how it works and you can probably find something for your climate that is has is a heirloom variety that was meant to be grown in your climate Mhm. and what's your um
0: how do you how do you prune your tomatoes are you um a little
1: laid back are you more aggressive with the pruning we don't prune them you don't prune at all no, no I know no we do we, we don't we will prune the bottom stems to prevent them from getting diseases because that's where most of the diseases will start will be at the bottom so we'll prune like the first six inches or so from the bottom mm-hmm. but um but otherwise we don't I know a lot of people will prune what's called suckers yeah and sucker. yeah suckers are the offshoot of basically the the crotch of the, the you know the stem, mm-hmm. but um, we don't prune them and we do just fine. And so,
0: why don't you? Is it just a step that you think you can omit, and there's no, um, there's no detriment to it, or do you have a reason? Like the tomato plant is better if we don't do this.
1: I think. When you start cutting things off of plants, you open a wound and you make it more susceptible to disease. Mm-hmm. Um, and also because we feel that that's the way the plant wanted to grow. So why, why harbor it from that?
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. One, well, the year before last, I pruned too aggressively and I killed, I mean, three of my plants didn't recover. I mm-hmm. mean, I've reasoned it out. I don't, I, I looked at ways, uh, reasons that tomato plants could die and I didn't have any of the other symptoms that could be there. So I think it was aggressive pruning. So last year I was less aggressive,
1: mm-hmm.
0: much less aggressive, and they just did wonderfully. Yeah. So, you know, this coming year, I might try no pruning at all, except the bottom six inches.
1: <laughs> give, yeah. your,
0: give your method a test. So now tell me, I'm, I'm asking you questions I would really like to know. Um, how do you, um, would it be called trellis or trained tomatoes? I mean, how do you, because if you're not pruning, they're, you have bigger and heavier plants than somebody who is, um, and they're probably very vibrant and healthy. So, how do you how do you get them to go up or support them?
1: We just use tomato cages. You know, the ones you can buy just about anywhere. We found we find them along the side of the road a lot of times too. But we just use a regular standard tomato cage, and that helps it. If it gets taller than that, we can just stack another one on top. Um, but that's what we use. Okay, great. Simple's best often, huh? Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. All right. Let's talk about, because uh, since you know so much and you're here, let's pick your brain some more. So um, <laughs> what are what are some other tips for gardeners? Like, I mean, it can be about anything. It could be about pest control. It could be how to get, you know, the biggest, most flavorful tomatoes. It could be
1: how to avoid getting bitter cucumbers. I, you sure. pick. sure one thing i always suggest is people have a tendency to crowd their plants they think if i plant more in a smaller area if i jam all these plants in here i'm going to get more vegetables and i think it's it's i i know it. it's the opposite you want your plants just like us humans we need air you know we need space we need sunlight and we need water and then obviously nutrients to to survive so plants are the same way so if you crowd them they're not going to have a proper uptake of nutrients, they're not going to have a proper uptake of water, they're not going to get efficient sunlight, and they they feel like they're crowded in, they're not going to want to grow. So, um, one thing I would suggest is make sure you properly space your plants, and it will, you know, on your seed packet, it's going to tell you how far to put them apart. You can also do an online search for that as well, if you're not sure. So, you want to make sure you don't you don't crowd your plants. Mm-hmm. Great. Great. Um, yeah that's and that applies to just about anything um another thing is is that if you don't know if you like something or if you don't think you like something then don't grow it we always you know people will grow Hmm. stuff that they don't they don't like and it's like why waste the time (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. just you know people will say oh you know so and so my great aunt grew this but it's like that's well she maybe she liked it but if you don't then then don't do it and um You know, try new things. You may look through a seed catalog and think that sounds interesting. And if you have the space for it, go ahead and give it a try.
0: Mm -hmm. So what are your favorite resources for, okay, first for seeds. Where do you go for your seeds? And second, your favorite resources for information. Like what websites do you go to to look at um, planting depth and plant
1: spacing and all that? Sure. Um, For seeds, we like Dollar Seed, seed dollarseed.com. And they have their seeds for just a dollar a pack and they give you they write how many seeds you're getting for that dollar on the package and um also they give you enough for a season you don't that way you don't end up with a ton of seeds Hmm. and um and they come in nice ziploc bags so that you don't have to they're it's waterproof and then your bags stay closed so that's a, a good resource and they have all sorts of heirloom organic varieties of flowers vegetables and herbs great yeah and then um For resources, um, a good general resource is is the Bonnie Plants website. Um, They have a lot of information that they've collected and they've put on that website. We find a lot of great information from there. If you're looking for something that's more specific to your area, a lot of university extensions will have great information as well. I know ours does, and I've seen a lot of different other areas that will have information that will be set set for where you live. Mm Mm-hmm
0: okay great info so one of the other things that you and uh, joey like to do is reuse things so um give us a um an item that we probably all have in our home that we could reuse and put to a good purpose in our garden
1: sure so you might have things like just look through your recycle bin so you could do things like yogurt cups you know you could clean those out you could start seeds in them even the bottom of a milk jug, you could rinse out, um, cut the bottom, and then you can start seeding those as well. Or you could grow some, you could, some people will paint them and make them look pretty and grow herbs in their windows with them. Hmm. Um, you want to paint the outside, obviously not the inside. And you want know, to make sure you have drainage as well. Mm-hmm. Um, other things like toilet paper tubes, you can plant in those, or paper towel tubes, you can plant in those. Um, and then the top of a milk jug also makes a really great funnel. You could cut the top off and it has a, it can, you know, then you use it as a funnel. So there's um, there's many different things. You just kind of have to look at what, you're, what you have. I'll take, you know, like if I buy a jar, um, like, you know, like, like places like Trader Joe's, they have like, you know, the fun little spreads and stuff. I'll take that jar and I'll reuse that for spices or something that, since it's a little bit smaller and then mm-hmm. I can use it for, Spices or grains or whatever as well.
0: That's great. Yeah. So we're talking right now and it's mid-March. So what's Mm -hmm. happening in your garden right now? Anything? Or what are Um, you guys doing?
1: Well, nothing is happening in the actual garden. Even though we've had some warmer days, we're still kind of holding off to see what the forecast brings for us. But what we're doing inside is we're starting seeds. So we've Mm -hmm. already started a number of seeds and we'll be starting our tomatoes pretty soon. Um, But we've started our... Onions, celery, kale, our brassicas, which are like broccoli, cauliflower, cabbage, um, lemongrass, and peppers. We've all start, we started, we start all of those already. Great. Yeah. So
0: is, who's the mastermind on your um, growing, planting, harvest schedule? Is it both of you? Just, is Joey's like, is he a spreadsheet king and he's got all his charts or how does it work? Joey is the one who's like the spreadsheet
1: king. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> there he has keeps, to be one in every family, right? <laughs> yeah, he keeps he keeps us organized in that sense. Um, he knows exactly when we when he wants to start things. He's figured it out, and uh, and sometimes it changes. Sometimes he'll kind of change it from year to year based on the previous year. Otherwise, um, you know, it stays pretty much the same. But he he knows. He keeps you know a lot of stuff organized, and he. He's like, this day we're going to start this, and this is what we're going to do, and X and X and Y and Z, and yeah, so um, so that's what he does.
0: And how do you work that with you being so busy, both of you working outside the home and then you're also in school? Do you devote weekends, odd hours, or can you be fairly
1: regular? How does that work? Sure, yeah, we do a lot of our, we start most of our seeds just on the weekends, and then that's how they, um, that's how we, you know, that way we know like either Saturday or Sunday we'll be starting seeds. Um, and then during the weekend also, like on Saturdays, we'll spend the whole afternoon in the garden when the time comes. And that's what we devote our time to on Saturday afternoons. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then in the evenings, you know, we'll do, sometimes we'll do other things that if it needs to be done, we'll do it. But for the most part, it's a, a weekend thing. And your mom's place, is it, how far away is it? Is it easy it's about, to get to? Yeah, it's pretty easy to get to. It's about 20 minutes away though. Okay. So, so that's, that's what we'll do a lot is on saturdays that's and since it's a bigger area that's what we'll spend most of the time and then um like during the week is when we'll spend more time on our on our plot up here Mm -hmm.
0: now you guys are doing some amazing things online i mean your videos your podcast so i want you to share where people can find those in a moment but i also want to ask are you just I mean if you have limited time you both work and you go to school so are you just like bringing the camera out with you to the garden and just um you know letting it run when you do what you do is that is that do you piggyback on that or do you then have additional devoted times to actually film it so that you can share it with the world
1: yeah we uh, so basically um nature kind of sets our schedule so we know that okay we're going to be starting tomatoes this this week so we'll film that you know um say I find a recipe and it applies to something that is you know we're growing or will be growing or um harvesting then you know maybe we'll show that so it's um it kind of goes along with what we're doing and we always we always plan for it Mm -hmm. so yeah so that that way we know that you know we're not going to show Harvesting tomatoes in April. Right. When, yeah. So.
0: so. So you're basically making use of whatever you're doing. You're also documenting it to share with others. Yes. That's fantastic. <clears throat> so now before we wrap up, um, and I just want to say I love what you're doing so much. I just applaud you and Joey, and I thank you for taking the time because it, it takes an effort to document and share what you're learning and doing. So I just you. applaud you and I love what you're doing. So let's finish out this podcast by you sharing um, a couple of the things that you and Joey do and where people can find you online.
1: Sure. Um, yeah, you can find us online. Everything you can find where you can connect with us on social media, you can find right on our Facebook page is, our, I'm sorry, right on our on our website is um, com. And that way you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, Instagram, all of that. And then also if you have a question, there's a contact us button. It's real big and red. And then there's also a button for if you want to sign up for our weekly emails where you can get all of our information. Um, and then, like I said, you can connect with us on social media there as well. So everything you need is right there on our website at thewisconsinvegetablegarner.com. And yeah, all our videos are there, our podcasts, all that great
0: information. Wonderful. And I am gonna pull up some highlights from the Wisconsin Vegetable com, including social media links, and I'm gonna put them in the show notes for all of you. So those are gonna be at knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash one oh five because this is episode one oh five. So be sure to go there as well to get more information about what Holly and Joey are doing. Thank you so much for joining me today, Holly. I really enjoyed it and Just keep it up. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me on. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope to see you again soon. Let me tell you what you can do next. You can visit the show notes for this episode. Just go to knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash and then without a space, just type the number of this episode. You'll get links and much more information about what we've been talking about. You can submit questions for future episodes. I love to answer your questions on the air. So go to knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash questions to submit them. You can stop by traditionalcookingschool.com to get five free traditional cooking videos from me. And finally, you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, the podcast app, or Stitcher. If you're on a mobile device, just search for Know Your Food with Warty while you're in the app. If you're on a desktop, go to knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash iTunes right in your browser. While you're there, please do leave a rating or review. I love to get them, love to read your comments, and they're invaluable to help other people find this podcast. Thank you so much.